Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. All right. Hey, hey, Sing Second Sports fans, welcome to the podcast. What do we do on this pod? We talk about Navy sports and we give you the stories behind the impact of the physical mission on Navy's athletes, coaches, staff, and alumni. Hey, it's Thursday, September 22nd, and we're here to walk you through the upcoming Navy football game down in scenic Grunville, North Carolina against East Carolina University. We talk about a tough loss for Navy women's soccer after a promising start to the conference season. And we chat with Navy Sprint football coach, Marine Corps Major Alfonso Medas. His footballers host Army tomorrow night under the lights at Navy Marine Corps Stadium. Hey, before we do that, I wanted to say a quick word about our sponsors. The Sing Second Sports Podcast is made possible by the support of New Day USA and Admiral Tom Lynch. Who is New Day USA? They're a nationwide mortgage company of four veterans. Since the beginning, they've sought to give servicemen and women a different kind of financial experience. They believe in overcoming, not giving up. Their advisors will get to know you personally, learning your story and your goals. Sometimes all it takes is a simple yes. Join the thousands of veterans they've helped secure cash, purchase a home, or lower their mortgage payments. The American dream is always within reach and always worth fighting for. Please rely on New Day USA. So, WAGS. Navy and East Carolina meet for the 10th time on the gridiron when the two square off on Saturday at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, one of the best named stadiums out there, in my opinion. Navy leads the all-time series 7-2 with East Carolina, winning last year's contest 38-35 on that dagger Owen Daffer 54-yard field goal at the gun. Uh, but Navy is 4-0 all-time down in Greenville. So let me introduce you, Bill, number one, you know, Bill Wagner, the sports columnist of now 30 plus years with the Annapolis Capital Gazette, covering Navy football and covering all Navy sports for that matter. Wags, despite the fact that we're 4-0 all time in Greenville, I suspect that you don't have a level of confidence. Well, I, it, it will all be dependent on it, whether Navy's improved offensively. It all comes down to that. They had a bye week, in essence, two full weeks to fix the offense. And there was a lot of work to do because there's a lot of things wrong. The blocking is not up to snuff. The quarterback execution is not up to snuff. As coach Niamatololo has mentioned numerous times, far too many turnovers. They cannot win with multiple turnovers. It's just not the way Navy football offense is built. You can't have turnovers. So there was a lot to work on and we will see if, what the coaches implemented during the bye week paid dividends, but East Carolina is going to put up points. John quarterback Holton Aylers is in his fifth year. He has played 45 games. He has 40 straight starts. He is now the American athletic conference all-time leader in passing yardage. Uh, he is a heady, smart quarterback who has been in a system for a long time and can execute uh mike houston the coach at east carolina has built a solid program they 
East Carolina no longer beats itself. That was one thing that happened in past years. East Carolina would beat itself. That is not the case anymore. They are very fundamentally sound, disciplined. They're tough, hard-nosed. Uh, they, they have the personality of their coach who's been successful at every stop of his career. He's a proven winner. And they've got two really good running backs. Keaton Mitchell is the lead back. He was the uh, first-team All-American Athletic Conference last season. He's legit. He's very fast. He's a home-run hitter. If he gets past the second level, he's gone. So Navy's got to stop the run first and foremost, but East Carolina also has a formidable passing attack. So it's going to be a real challenge. And, you know, if, if Newberry's unit holds East Carolina to 28 points, John, that's a good day, 28 or less. And that's putting on the Navy offense to score 31 or more to win. So that's what it comes down to me, John. I'm interested to see if the offense has turned the corner and is going to execute like we have seen in the past, triple option, marching the field, eating up the clock, and scoring touchdowns. Yeah, you mentioned Holton Nailers, and we've talked about him for years now. Um, and I like him. I, I think he's a great quarterback. You know, if Seth Hennigan is your you know, prototypical uh, future Washington Commanders quarterback. I think Holton Aylers is like perfect in a Seattle Seahawks uniform. I think he's a great quarterback. He's got a great you know sense in that pocket. He has commanded that uh, that offense very well, and I think he and Mike Houston are a dynamic duo. And obviously, as you mentioned, their offense is very, very, very good. Um, while Navy and East Carolina feature two of the top rushing defenses in the country, it's really East Carolina, you know, on the offensive end that that makes me a little bit nervous. They're off to a two and one start. They routed Old Dominion, as you mentioned last pod. That Old Dominion team beat Virginia Tech. Uh, they crushed Campbell, forty nine to ten. Um, and like you said, their only loss was was to NC State, who was then number thirteen in the country. Um, so, you know, at, at this particular point, uh, you, you've got to really hope that Navy goes down there and, and does something special. Um, Navy has won three of its last four games away from Navy Marine Corps Stadium. Uh, the 17-13 win over Army at MetLife, the 38-14 drubbing of Temple before that, and 20-17 at Tulsa. The only loss in that span uh, was to Notre Dame. Uh, but yeah, maybe a little, maybe a little away cooking is, is what we need. And, and certainly on this podcast, we're going to hope to talk to uh, Jeff Webb from U.S. Naval Academy Alumni Association and Foundation about what they're going to do down in Greenville for alumni who make that trek. Uh, Wags, I'll, I'll throw it over to you before we, you know, before we end the preview of this particular game. You, you mentioned the playmakers for, uh, for East Carolina on the offensive end. For me, I, I really believe that this comes down to Navy on the defensive end, shocking the world, getting an off day from East Carolina under the lights during a night game, holding it to something like 14-10. If it's something like that, if, if the total score is under 28 points, then I'm going to say we win. Uh, if it's over 28 points, then it's probably something like an an ass kicking, which we don't really want. I know the players don't want. It's been spirited practices. We've heard some elevated voices from the coaches at practices the last couple of weeks. Maybe this little kick in the butt's going to help them compete a little bit more. What do you expect? Well, first of all, you had mentioned that Navy has never lost at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in Greenville. 
uh, East Carolina is well aware of that. I interviewed Mike Houston earlier this week, and that was one of the first things he mentioned. We've never beaten Navy in our own stadium. That is going to be a challenge put to the East Carolina players. Do not let this team continue to beat you on your home field. Um, I agree that, you know, defensively, it would be nice to get a defensive touchdown. That could be a real boost or a special teams touchdown. I'll relate an interesting story. Uh, Mikel Haywood, the dynamic kickoff returner and slot back, was recruited to East Carolina. He was uh, uh, offered a scholarship, and then he suffered a torn ACL. He went to Wake Forest High in Raleigh, North Carolina, not too far from East Carolina, and East Carolina pulled that scholarship. You may recall that last year, Mikel Haywood had a kickoff return for touchdown against East Carolina, and he related that story afterwards, that it was a vindication for him because East Carolina had pulled a scholarship because he suffered an injury, and he will always remember that. And he, I spoke to Mikel Haywood after practice this week, and he mentioned that he would love a little more vindication and a little more revenge on the school that doubted him. So a kickoff return for touchdown would be nice. A defensive touchdown, that could buoy things. And if, if Navy can score 17 points, then we're in the range we're talking about, John. So, yes, I, I do believe that, uh, that Navy's going to need to have special teams and defensive success to help out the offense in this game. And before I sign off on football, I want to tell fans to please read the article that is in today's Capitol and posted to the Capitol Gazette website about the Adams twins, Josh and Terrell, two great midshipmen, just tremendous representatives of Navy football. They're seniors now. They were once on the depth chart. Terrell Adams actually started games at outside linebacker, uh, but he was moved inside and neither he nor Josh is on the depth chart, but they play on special teams. But it's a really compelling story. And the upshot of the story is that the Adams twins suffered the, one of the most unfathomable tragedies you could ever imagine last year, right around this time last year, the one year anniversary is approaching. They lost their mother to COVID. And one day later, they lost their grandmother to COVID. I spoke to their father, Jerome Adams Sr. He lost his wife and his mother. It's absolutely devastating. It's a stark reminder of what this pandemic has wrought on a lot of families. And that's just almost, to me, it's unimaginable, John. Yeah, I agree with you, Wags. Um, I've had a chance to interact with those two myself, and they represent everything that we want to talk about on this podcast, which is resilience, uh, excellence within the physical mission, and representing the U.S. Naval Academy. That's what we're all about here. Um, you know, on the note of football, um, well, number one, yes, please find Wags's material on the Capitol Gazette. Please subscribe. Please support local journalism. It's important to him and it's important to us. Uh, and also check out our newsletter where we try to uh, link Wags's stories, um, but then also look for um, all of the other content that we repurpose from NavySports.com. Uh, and your other sources for Navy information. So on the subject of football, it's not just the big boys uh, this coming weekend on the road in Grenville. Uh, it's also Sprint. Sprint is playing Army on Friday night under the lights for the star. And to get a perspective on that and what we should expect to see and whether we're going to bring home the star, we're going to talk to Navy Sprint football coach, Marine Corps Major Alfonso Matas, stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports. 
All right, Sing Second fans, a couple announcements from your friends at the Naval Academy Athletic Association. Three more home games remain for Navy football this October. For tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. Continuing with the tickets theme, Navy men's and women's basketball season tickets are on sale now. Join us at Alumni Hall all season long as the Mids look to build on their exciting 2022 campaigns. In addition, this year, all Navy basketball ticket holders will be entered to win an authentic Navy football jersey. That's the same jersey that they wear in this year's Army-Navy game. So for tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. And while you're thinking Navy basketball, join us for one of the best traditions in college basketball this November 11th as Navy hosts the 9th Annual Veterans Classic. This year's field includes Houston, which made the Elite Eight last season, the Ivy League regular season champion Princeton Tigers, and a St. Joseph's squad led by former Navy head coach Billy Lang. For tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. Now back to the pod. All right. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, it is John. We are back from break and really happy to bring you this week's coaching segment. We are happy to be joined by Major Alfonso Matus, uh, U.S. Marine Corps. He is the head coach of the Navy Sprint football program. He was appointed the head coach in the summer of 2021. And I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, his first season at the helm, he uh, directed Navy to an undefeated season, a win against Army, and they claim the 2021 Collegiate Sprint Football League Championship. Number one, Major, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Number two, we, we haven't covered sprint football yet on the pod. Can you walk us through this year's team? Are you bringing back a lot of good players, and, and what's your outlook? First of all, thanks for having me. I mean, we're a new team this year. We, we are returning uh, a decent amount on both sides of the ball, more on offense. Um, but Brandon Atwood, uh, our quarterback, he, he won the position last year and then actually got injured in, in the first meeting with Army. He broke his wrist. And then uh, our senior, Will Young, took over for the rest of the year. Um, and then in our backfield, our captain, uh, Alex Tata, um, he was a big part of our, our run game last year, and, and he's obviously our featured running back this season. And then offensive line, um, yeah, per, we, we lost we lost a few. We lost Shane Fagan. He, he's definitely a, a guy that we miss, but uh, a, lo- a lot of returners there in that regard. D- defensively, you know, we lost um, we lost Adam Weisenfels. He was the league MVP last year, so that's you know he's kind of a guy you, you can't replace. Um, from, from just a football smart perspective, he's just always, you know, in the right place at the right time. But, uh, you know, we're, we're confident in, in the team and, and we trust our guys and re- really excited for, for the season. Yeah. Coach, you're an 09 grad, um, and you played running back for sprint football when, when you were there, you know, what was, you know, the, the impact of your participation in the physical mission? How, how did it impact your eventual successful career as a Marine Corps officer? And how does it inform what you do as you're coaching these young men uh, every day this season? Football in general has always been a big part of my life. I don't think I'd be where I am today without, without the sport. And I would say more so without the locker room, if that makes sense. So that's, that's something I kind of, you know, came, came to the conclusion of, 
you know, I, I would say early in high school that I just, I just love that setting. Um, the, the sport of football, I think teaches you so much about, about life. And then, you know, the combative aspect of the sport, I think prepares guys fairly well for, you know, future service here at the Naval Academy and then beyond, um, Navy or Marine Corps. But for me, for me specifically, it's always been the search for that locker room setting, that, that tight knit group of, you know, men that, that you rely on day in, day out, on and off the field. And, you know, everyone's got the, the time to hang up their cleats, you know, and sprint. I think a lot of guys get an opportunity that they probably weren't thinking they were going to have coming out of high school potentially, um, but extending their ability to go out and compete. And then, uh, yeah, I think, I think, again, the locker room – drives people towards that that type of military service because i think there's a lot of similarities there completely agree wags well i was going to ask you first major how did you come to be the coach of sprint football i i believe this is a position that has traditionally been held by a, a marine corps officer um just kind of tell me how you came to be in this position of head coach of sprint football at the naval academy yeah, it, it's not always been a Marine Corps officer, but for, for a, you know, a long time, at least 20 years, it, it has been. Um, so, so basically, the Marine detachment here, um, they own at least filling the position with a Marine. There, there's a selection process that goes into that with NAAA and, and, and the Marine Corps. But um, so... So I it, it honestly wasn't really on my radar as I was getting ready to transition from from my you know previous job. I was out at First Reconnaissance Battalion. I spent four years out there um, from running company command, and then I, I had a year of operations officer time. But timing was a big part of it. But but at the end of the day, one of, one of the guys I played with on the team, his brother was here at the Naval Academy teaching, but he was also a coach helping out. He was the offensive coordinator for his time here, uh, Dave Williams. And he reached out to me and said, hey, the position's opening, and we're really trying to get someone back who has previously played on the team, um, just from a cultural perspective and all that. Uh, and, you know, I, I, again, wasn't on my radar, but but once it did get on there, it, it, it's a hard thing to to get off. So, you know, I did some I did some soul searching and where I was at in life and in my career and with my family. And I mean, who who could turn down coaching coaching uh, you know a football team? So, kind of dream come true, timing everything. But then I submitted my application. And then it goes through the the Marine Corps process and the the Naval Academy and AAA process. So uh, you amassed 337 total yards in the season opening win over Chestnut Hill. Alex Tata, who you mentioned, had 97 yards rushing and two touchdowns. But you also had uh, uh, Jake Smith with eight receptions. Um, kind of tell me the type of offense you're running there with sprint football. It seems like it's a bit of a balanced attack. Yeah, I mean, ideally, ideally we're balanced. I was a running back, so that's obviously where my comfort zone is in the run game. Um, I appreciate physical play on the offensive line and just 
I think from a battle of wills perspective, I think if you can win a lot of those battles up front, it opens some other stuff up. But yeah, um, Alex is definitely our, our workhorse. Uh, he's a very physical runner. And, and the other unique thing with, with our coaching situation, so not only do does my position change every three years, but you know, we, we don't have a single paid coach on the staff. It's either volunteers or um, recent graduates. So we, we, they're, they're TAD, temporary assigned duty from guys who just graduated, you know, last year, both from our team and, and our program and the big boys program um, that, that have, have a role in that. So our offense, you know, changes a little bit each and every year with, with all that turnover. But but yeah, we're, we're kind of relying on a, a, we're calling it, you know, everyone loves the spread these days. There's a lot of benefits to that. Um, but, but we're, we're kind of calling, we're, we're trying to be a balanced run and pass tackles. We have, we have some weapons and wide, wide, wide receiver for sure. I believe one of those volunteer coaches or TADs is a former Navy captain and wide receiver, Michael Cooper, correct? Oh yeah. Yep. M- Michael's are. He's our uh, he's our wide receivers coach. You know, obviously he played wide receiver up there, and and it's really you know apart from the position coach and him being really doubt into that, but he's been a good leader uh, on the coaching staff as well. So unfortunately, he you know because of you know timing and school and all that stuff, we won't have him the whole year. So we'll actually lose him ha- about a little over the halfway mark of the season. So. So we're making sure, you know, we can suck up all his his knowledge that he has. But he, huge, huge addition to our staff. And another volunteer is my good friend, Nick Goodmalloy, who was the head coach of Annapolis High football. And that's somebody who lives here in town and he'll be kind of a consistent force. I think he he seems to be enjoying working with sprint football. Yeah, Nick's Nick's just a a great coach, a great human being. And, and when I came in, one one thing I you know, I mentioned with some of the turnover, but I think successful programs have continuity, you know, and 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 our league's getting a lot better um, from when I was here. There's there's definitely a lot more. Uh, it's not just Army and Navy anymore. There there's a lot of teams that have some physical um, physical players, and and they're well coached. So what? What Nick brings is the same as on our defensive side, Coach uh, Coach McNeil. He's a retired admiral, um, but but he's been here for four or five years. So our defense has had some continuity, but our offense has continued to change over. So Nick on the offensive side of the ball, you know, provides us some of that continuity, and, and we hope to keep him, you know, around for for the foreseeable future. So this used program used to be called lightweight football. Um, why don't you bring us up to date on what are the restrictions in terms of weight? I mean, kind of tell us what defines sprint football. This current season, the, that weight's 178 pounds. So what that means is if we play a game on Friday, our guys have to weigh in on Monday and on Wednesday of that game week. Uh, and if they miss weight, those days they can't play in the game. Um, and, you know, back in the day, the one fifties um, was called that. Cause it, at one point the weight was one fifty. When, when I played here, it was one seventy two. 
it was 172 for all the years that I played here. The year before I got here, while I was at Naps, I think it was 167. So I think the league is just um, to keep you know the rosters healthy and the population of people that that can play. I think you know guys are getting bigger in general, and they've increased that weight along the way. But yeah, I mean, I I can I notice a difference in in the size of the players just from when I played to now. 172 to one seventy eight is you know that it, it doesn't seem like a big difference, but but I I, I see it. Well, that rules out all the members of the Sing Second Sports <laughs> podcast team for playing sprint football. Back to you, John. Yeah, I think I weighed 178 in high school. Um, that's perhaps the case. But, you know, Major, I, I, I want to kind of talk about, you know, the elephant in the room, uh, the, the alligator awaiting closest to the boat on Friday, the game against Army. Uh, last year, you got to play in Shea Stadium, which I, I want to hear about how cool that was. Number one, walk us through what you expect to see against Army on uh, Friday night. That's obviously a huge game you play for the star. Are there like discussions of playing, you know, the next home game against uh, Army, like at Camden Yards or some cool venue like that? Uh, not, not that I've been been read into. You know, when I played here, most of our games were on Rip Miller. Um, the field has been changed a little bit. It's kind of two seventy yard practice fields now vice you know the one and and they changed the directions on that so when that happened we moved over to all having our games at the stadium but um yeah shea stadium was you know a really cool experience army in they, they bring out you know some fan pleasers they had their their parachute team jump in which was was pretty cool and all that kind of stuff um playing at the stadium for us you know, this this Friday, the, the brigade's coming out, so the the entire plebe class is gonna, you know, they're gonna they're gonna form them up over here on the parade field and, and get the, you know, the whole at least plebe class. So that's about a thousand guys right there, and then we should have a good good alumni and family showing for this home event. And then Army's bringing down a couple hundred cadets for the game too. So it should be a really really good environment for you know all players and, and coaches and being on the field but specifically to army you know what we're expecting is we're expecting a battle we're expecting a war um you know something i've been preaching to the team is they're coming down with something to prove they have a chip on their shoulder right we we did win two games against them last year i would say both of those games really you know under different circumstances could have could have bounced the other way um I think one thing that sets our guys up for the task is, is belief in each other and the system and the program and, you know, not leaving any doubt on the table. And, you know, even when we were down, even when army went up, there was the buzz on the sideline was like, Hey, we're, we still got this. We're going to pull it through. So that's been the message to the team this year, but, but army's good. You saw last week, they, they had a, you know, really significant victory against Cornell um, I thought Cornell came out and looked a lot better than they have the last, at least last year, watching them on film. So to to see that end score, you know, I think a lot of people can get, you know, wide eyed about it. But but you know, we we don't want to get too high, we don't want to get too low, and we're just gonna, you know, we're gonna prepare 
the, the way we prepare for for Army every every year and and the way we prepare prepare for every game. So I think that's that's important to us. Play one game at a time. But but Army's got not a new quarterback, but a guy that um, came in in and out of the the game last year against us. He's definitely better in in the pat from a pass threat perspective, less less on the ground. But he's he's really good. He makes really quick efficient decisions and gets the ball out of his hand quick. So yeah, we, we, we expect to have our hands full for sure on Friday as you know, regardless of the emotional, you know, aspect of the game, that game's always going to have that, that surrounding it. But uh, yeah, we're, we're excited. Uh, we're preparing like, like we would for any other game, but th- we, we do know that we, we can't replicate the emotion that they're going to come down here with just from what happened last year. Well, let's hope that we get a large crowd turnout, uh, 7 p.m. right there at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium, uh, Friday night lights, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and, you know, let's hope we've already gone 0-1 in the Star Series this year. Let's hope that Sprint Football brings us to 1-1. As we go out, Major, everyone has a different answer, and, and we love highlighting these on the podcast. But what makes the Naval Academy special for you? What, why is it a special place? Why did you go there, and why would you convince a recruit or what would you tell a recruit is so special about this place? I think again, for me personally, that, that, and I don't, I think I I understood that in high school, but I I don't think I really like put words to it or or thought to it until, you know, I found out I was coming back as the coach and I knew like people were going to ask, why'd you do it? Why'd you get, you know, so some of those questions, but I, I think it's really, um, it's the locker room, right? And and I, I know I said that, but I, but I'd emphasize it again. And I think I think the relationships that you build um, on the field in the locker room, the, those relationships are going to live well beyond the four years you're here. They're going to live well beyond, you know, a lot of times your time in service. It, it you know, over my you know the last twelve years, it's it's always extremely enjoyable to run into a guy you played with on the team, either, you know, downrange on a deployment or, you know, just as you move throughout the different, you know, tours of your, of your career, you run into guys you played with and, and those relations, it's like, man, I haven't seen this guy for eight or 10 years, but when I do, we, we haven't missed a beat. Um, so, so that's what I would say to someone if they're looking, if service is something that, you know, they're looking for and extending their ability to compete on the field, but it's really extending the ability to make and sustain those relationships that I think are what set this place and this team apart from a lot of other things. Uh, because like I said, uh, my, my best friends, even in my wedding, all those guys were guys that I played here with. It's a familiar theme, and we love highlighting it here on the podcast. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck against Army. Again, I implore the listeners, come on out to uh, Navy Marine Corps Stadium, 7 p.m. on Friday night for Navy uh, Sprint Football against Army. We are going to go to break. This is Sing Second Sports. This podcast and all of our efforts to support it are not possible without the support of our sponsor. First and foremost, thank you to Scott Shooter, realtor and crew in Annapolis. Scott is the best of the best in Annapolis if you need a home. If you're PCSing to or from Annapolis, Scott is your man. Thank you to Academy Securities and Navy football alum Phil McConkie. Speaking of football alums, thank you to Tom Lynch, 
and New Day USA Mortgage. If you're a veteran in need of a mortgage, you should be using New Day USA, period. Thank you to Scott Melamed and ProMD Health. Do you have crow's feet? Has your skin aged because of the sun exposure Ava Marie and I were talking about earlier in this podcast? ProMD Health in Annapolis has you covered. And thank you so much to Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis. We are entering football season, so if you need a drink before your reunion, if you need to check out the best burger in Annapolis, if you'd like just a great glass of wine before you head out on the town, Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar on Main Street in Annapolis are your places to hit. And now back to the pod. All right, we are back. Awesome interview with Major Matus, and certainly we hope that uh, we bring home a uh, star on Friday night. Please, please, please. It's going to be gorgeous Friday, like perfect autumn weather. Go out there, watch them bring home the star and support Navy sports. You'll also be supporting uh, someone who is leading off our BZ category this week. The Collegiate Sprint Football League, the CSFL, announced its first group of athletes of the week for the 2022 season. And Navy's sprint football place kicker, Michael Golden, was tabbed the special teams player of the week. It's the second time in Golden's career has been named to that honor in Navy's opening week victory over Chestnut Hill in scenic Conshohocken, Pennsylvania. Golden was a perfect five for five, registering nine points in the game. He made a pair of field goals from 42 and 32, to go along with his three extra points. Soccer, let's talk about this WAGS. Uh, first of all, the good news, after the dominant performance um, over, the, uh, over the defending Patriot League champions, Bucknell on Friday night, uh, a quartet of mids got honored. Amanda Graziano, Jenna Daunt, uh, Maddie Gallagher, our goalie, and Marley Heaven. Uh, they were all honored as offensive player, midfielder, goalkeeper, and rookie of the week, respectively. However, then Wags just last night in a matchup of clashing styles, as it was written, uh, Loyola, who was much more defensive minded, came away with a one nil victory over Navy. Uh, this puts Loyola two and zero in the Patriot League. It drops us to one and one after that great win over Bucknell. Really quick, Wags. What's your take on this? Is this just parody in the Patriot League? Because I was really hoping that we would use these first two home games to get off to a 2-0 start in conference play. Well, yeah, I think there's definitely parody in the Patriot League, and Loyola's good. Loyola's posted four straight shutouts. I guess this is actually now five because they came in with four. They are defensive-oriented. They flood the back end with numbers, and it was hard for Navy to build the attack the way that Karen Gabera likes to do. And Karen knew this, and she had a sense that this match was going to come down to a set piece, and it did. That's how Loyola scored the lone goal off of a corner kick, or maybe it was a direct kick. I have to double-check. But the bottom line, John, is that you know Navy was unable to impose its will, its style of play on Loyola. Loyola played its game, a defensive-oriented, sit best, you know, set back in behind the goal, in front of the goal, and you know Navy had very little opening. So... It's tough. That's you win the four hour Bucknell, you're feeling great. And then you lose to Loyola, a team that, you know, technically by preseason rankings, you're supposed to beat. That's how it is. Every day, you got to bring it every match. And continuing with the BZ's wags, the Patriot League announced its athletes of the week and Navy cross country claimed three of the four awards. Alex Rizzo from Bronxville, New York. He claimed male runner of the week while Emily Booten from Chicopee, Massachusetts, was tabbed Female Runner of the Week, 
and freshman Mia Claire Kiesel from Saco, Maine, rounded out the mid-selections. She earned her second consecutive Rookie of the Week accolade. The trio helped the mid sweep the annual Navy Invitational with Booten winning the women's 6K and Rizzo claiming the men's 4.9-mile run. Kiesel was Navy's top freshman posting a sixth-place finish. Stay tuned to the pod next week when we break that down, Kiesel's performance, and what the women's cross-country team is up to when we talk to Navy senior Elizabeth Sullivan. She goes by Beth. Uh, She's going to join us in next week's pod to talk about women's cross-country in a bit more detail. Men's soccer, after posting a pair of clean sheets for the Navy men's soccer team, sophomore Pierce Holbrook was named Patriot League Goalkeeper of the Week. Holbrook posted back-to-back shutouts for the mids this past week, and both of those became W's. Golf, posting a weekend low team score in Sunday's final round, the Navy women's golf team finished in ninth place in the Nittany Lion Invitational to open their 2022-23 season. The 905 score from Navy ranked seventh in program history for a 50-hole, 54-hole tournament, while the 297 score in the final round is tied for the eighth lowest overall round by the midshipmen all time. Um, the nine over par 297 on Sunday is also tied for the sixth best, best round in relation to par across the program's 11-year history. So it's quite obvious, Wags, that Nadia and Kylie have this thing going and the women's golfers performing well. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the upcoming schedule and bring it out. This is Sing Second Sports. One more set of announcements from our friends at NAAA. Navy men's soccer returns to Glen Warner this Saturday for a 3 p.m. matchup with Colgate. We will have plenty of activities for kids in attendance with the first 150 kids receiving a free superhero cape. Then stick around after the game as the team will be hosting their annual Meet the Mids autograph session. Also in the art this weekend, Navy Volleyball returns to Wesley Brown Fieldhouse to take on local foes Loyola and American. The Saturday matchup versus Loyola is set for 4 p.m. and Sunday's match versus American is set for 2 p.m. Be sure to stick around after the match on Sunday as the volleyball team will be signing post-game autographs for fans in attendance. And finally, my favorite read, the Kid Shipman Club is the official kids club of Navy Athletics. For just $20, your membership includes exclusive gifts, free tickets to Navy sporting events, a birthday card from Bill the Goat, and more. To register, visit NavySports.com. Now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Let's talk about what is on the horizon. Um, On Saturday, in addition to Navy football taking on East Carolina, we have a very, very busy, busy weekend ahead of us. Rifle is back in action. They'll be taking on VMI and TCU on Saturday here in Annapolis. Men's tennis will be at the Western Michigan Invite in Kalamazoo, uh, Michigan. Uh, Women's rugby plays Westchester on the road, while men's rugby hosts Mary Washington. Go on out to Greenberry Point at 11 a.m. on Saturday and watch men's rugby. Uh, Women's soccer is hoping to rebound from the tough loss to Loyola with that worst, the very worst of the bus trips. Maybe they're flying now, Uh, but when I was there, it was a bus trip uh, up to Massachusetts. They play BU uh, on Saturday 
afternoon at 1 p.m. up there in Boston while men's soccer is hosting Colgate at 3 p.m. So I don't know. I don't want to be your social planner, but maybe you can go to rugby in the morning and then go over and cheer on men's soccer against Colgate at 3 p.m. Volleyball hosts Loyola uh, at 4 p.m. on Saturday. And then again, under the lights, football plays East Carolina down in Greenville. Uh, Sunday, men's tennis is at the Western Michigan Invite. Volleyball then hosts American, and that rounds out your Saturday and Sunday with a bunch of sailing involved as well. Um, So, Wags, before we break this whole thing down, fold up the chairs and turn off the lights, let us know what you're looking forward to this weekend, other than hopefully a Navy football win. Well, I'll be heading down to Greenville, John. In fact, I'll be leaving first thing Friday morning and well, not first thing. I'm going to wait for the Beltway traffic to clear. But around 10, I will depart and try to get down to Raleigh. Uh, and then uh, we'll head over to Greenville on Saturday afternoon. And I do hope that Navy can turn things around, get a road win. It would be very uplifting. Uh, as we said, it only takes one victory to change the entire outlook. A solid performance with by the offense, a victory over East Carolina. Uh, it would change the entire outlook of the season and it couldn't come at a better time because Navy next goes to Air Force out to Colorado Springs. So you really don't want to go out there 0 and 3 and really doom and gloom. So it'd be very nice to get some positive uplift prior to heading out there for the big service academy showdown. But uh, yeah, just looking forward to all the sports. I really enjoy this time of the year, John, with so many things going on. Um, I hope that Navy women's soccer can rebound. I, I was reading the report about the loss to Loyola and Karen Cabrera, Coach Cabrera said uh, it's not an easy road trip up to Boston. And I, I fear, John, that they are still busing. And uh, yeah, that's a haul. So let's hope that Navy women's soccer can turn things around. Let's hope Navy men's soccer keeps uh, on the winning ways. And uh, most and foremost, because uh, it's a star a match. Let's uh, root for Navy sprint football to beat Army here in Annapolis. And uh, as John mentioned, please get out there and support sprint football in this very important game. Couldn't have said it better myself, Wag. so I will not. Uh, this weekend, what I'm looking forward to, I'm actually in Denver, Colorado. I'm uh, recording from Denver as we speak. Uh, in fact, our intrepid producer, Chris Cervello, and I will be at Mile High Stadium. I don't care what else they call it right now. It'll always be Mile High on Sunday night for the Broncos 49ers football game before doing some business next week uh, here in Denver. Unfortunately, we'll be flying home before the football game against Air Force. Uh, But if any of you intrepid listeners out there are from Colorado and want to get together, Chris Cervello and I will be here. So please drop us a line on Twitter or Instagram. As always, look out for our newsletter. That'll be out probably today, maybe tomorrow. Please listen to the Navy football podcast as they preview the East Carolina game with Wags, Keenan, and EK. And for Wags, for Chris, I'm John. We'll see you next week. This is Sing Second Sports. We're out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show, and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.